everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 100th and 19th episode of the podcast, airing September 19th, 2021. Now, in this episode, I am pleased to present to you my discussion with Tara All, who joined me to chat all about Libra Equinox season 2021. And so Tara and I break down the juicy details of Libra season, which kicks off with the tipping point of equal day and equal night, otherwise known as the Equinox. And there is so much to this upcoming 30-day period as Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter all station direct, while Mercury performs its final retrograde period of the year. Now, each lunation also has key pivot energy, with Mars and Libra becoming a focal point of both the new moon and the full moon, while simultaneously rebirthing its own synodic cycle with the sun. Now, there are likely no dull moments, and questioning how you relate to yourself, others, and really life as a whole will be integral in successfully navigating this timeline. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar, or you could book a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done through my website over at energeticprinciples.com. Now, a couple announcements, more than just a couple. I have quite a few things to say today. Um, and the first one is that I have started a new monthly newsletter called The Heavenly Wind. Now, my first edition went out in September and it was a little on the, the down low as I just uh, announced it on Instagram and that was about it. Um, but I'm really quite jazzed at how it all came together. And so the newsletter puts all the pertinent details of the month in one place. So I list all the key transits and then I add descriptive taglines for each of the energies uh, to kind of, you know, just almost like the chapter of a book uh, when you go from a chapter to a chapter. So it's kind of chapter taglines. I also do a rundown of each of the personal planets, the Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, and what their moves are for the month an elemental tarot spread for the energies that we are to encounter, and also the animal ambassador that will be walking with us as a collective, which some of you might recognize from as a throwback to my old forecast show. So how do you get this new newsletter? Well, you can do so by signing up to my mailing list, um, which if you have any concerns about having too many emails in your e inbox or spam coming in, you really don't have to worry about that for me because I really don't have the time or the energy to send spam. So don't uh, let that be a concern. But if you want to get October's edition, which will come out probably in the last days of September, you can click the link in the description of this podcast episode, or you can come on over to my website at energeticprinciples.com to sign up there. Now, secondly, Gray Crawford and I will be hosting an Equinox Instagram Live that is going to happen on Wednesday, September 22nd, the actual Equinox, at noon Pacific time. And so like the previous seasonal shifts, we will be deciphering the Libra ingress chart uh, and what energy that suggests for the next three zodiacal months. And of course, all the juicy transits that are underway during the Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius seasons. And so we encourage you to come and join us with your questions and your astrological observations. And if you can't make it live, the video will be up to watch shortly after the program finishes. 
Now, I also have the pleasure of joining Spencer Michaud for a YouTube live that's going to be centered around the Libra new moon. And so we're going to be doing this live on October 1st, uh, which I believe is a Friday, and that will be at 11 a.m. Pacific or 2 p.m. Eastern. And so we're going to give you all the details on this unique new moon because it really is unique in relation to what Mars is doing in the skies. And if you know Spencer and I together, it's probably going to get a little nerdy and have some decanic and tarot imagery involved. And so if you can't make this live as well, it'll also be viewable after the fact on his channel. Now, speaking of decans, this is my last announcement, and that is that Spencer is actually going to be hosting a three-part series on the decans this fall with the first webinar airing on Saturday, October 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And so his series here is titled Integrative Divination, uh, and the first episode is The Decans of Libra. And so this webinar is going to have a two and a half hour interactive online workshop where you'll explore the esoteric meaning, the diamonds, the tarot syncretizations, and fixed star associations with each of the 10 degree sections of Libra. And so Spencer's going to draw upon the rich history of the sign faces, which is another term for decans, uh, and then do a deep dive into Libran mythology and archetypes to help you integrate multiple divination systems into your astrological practice and give you the confidence necessary to utilize them when reading charts. So this will be live, of course, because it is interactive, but there will be a recording available to the registrants that will happen after the event if you're unable to attend live. So he's going to be doing this for Libra uh, on October 9th, and then there's going to be one for Scorpio during the Scorpio season, and then one once again in Sagittarius season. And so you can sign up for just one if you want to give it a go for $45, or you can get the three-part bundle for $125. Uh, which is a pretty smoking deal when I know that I know Spencer is going to like give you so much information. It's going to be um, really, really a treat. Now, another treat is the fact that if you take my personal code of EP20 at checkout, you're going to get 20% off either option, whether it is the first webinar or the three-part bundle. So to sign up for Spencer's offering and to access the code that I have available, you can click the link in the description of this podcast to sign up. All right. Well, that was a mouthful. Uh, So who's ready to hear Tara and I's rousing dialogue all about Libra Equinox season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am delighted to bring to the program. We have Tara all with us here today. Thanks for joining me, Tara. Thanks for having me. Super happy to be here. Yeah. And so I uh, was looking for someone to discuss Libra equinox season, as this is a big turning point in the 2021 story. And I just happened to be talking with our mutual friend, Christina Caudill. And she's like, you need to have Tara on the program. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I do. Uh, So here she is to join me in our epic forecast episodes, uh, where we give you all the details of what's going on for this particular season. Uh, And this is a big one because it's equinox. Knox too. So it is literally the turning of the seasons. But before we get started here, for those who aren't familiar with Tara, can you give us a little background on yourself, uh, who you are, where you live, what you yeah. do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm an astrologer and um, also a writer and an artist. I'm currently in Los Angeles, but I'm from Seattle. So Seattle is my my hometown, but hanging out here in LA. <laughs> 
And um, I work for a company called Sage Goddess. And so I spend a lot of time creating astrology content for them and all kinds of metaphysical things. And I don't know. I mean, I see clients. I just, I do lots of stuff. I write and uh, I have a book coming out called Astrology by Moonlight. I'm a cancer. So the moon is one of my favorite topics. And this book is a lot about the phases between planets and the moon. So it's a little bit of a different approach on that. But yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. The phases I'm, of the planets, uh, between the planets and the moon. Yep. So like a moon, say the phase between like maybe moon and Mercury, how they, yep. how interesting. I don't yep. think I've ever looked, I've yep. never looked into that before. Yep. So when is this book slated to arrive it, on the shelves? Well, it's for pre-order now. Uh, Llewellyn's a publisher and the release date is December 8th. So, oh, yeah. that's oh, how yeah. exciting. Well, I'll definitely have to check it out when it comes around uh, because I don't think I've ever read up on that technique before. And I love phase work. It, I, it really speaks me too. to me. Yeah. 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 Oh, exciting. All right. Well, you know, Libra equinox, the equinox is here. I'm like, where did this year go? I, mm. <laughs> it's been so much, but it seems to be flying by in many ways. You, What's your observation just off the cuff of, of 2021 in your astrological eyes or what you've encountered or just taking notes oh my on? Gosh, like I don't, well, it's interesting combination of needing to have patience and needing to like really see things in a new way. I know you and I were chatting before we started here, the show about this kind of need to rewire how we make sense of things, how we add things up. And so I feel like when we're called to do something like that, it means we get challenged to see all the ways that don't work or don't make sense, mm. or we get a huge curve bar ball, like we are with COVID, for example, right? We're literally pretty much forced to do things differently. So I feel like that's a big part of it, but the fastness, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I think part of it is that I'm just getting old. So I feel like that's, you know, I mean, that just shifting, but this year, especially it kind of feels like a, a whirlwind. Sometimes when I'm driving into the office, it's almost like it's surreal, almost, almost like just time is, I don't know, collapsing or bending on itself. And so I have to feel like that. And I've said this before at the beginning of the year, I actually think whether we consciously know it or not, we are renegotiating our relationship with time. And that sounds weird and trippy, but I really feel, I feel like it's happening. Um, and that's yeah. weird. It's weird in your body, weird in <laughs> weird in everything. I I totally get that and agree. Uh, and there is something to be said as you age, like life just goes faster. And I think maybe because we just have a lot more on our plate, you know, things mm -hmm. along those lines and we're just in motion and we're doing, and especially having the nodes be in Gemini and Sagittarius and this just like fast paced mutable flow uh, that has been upon us for quite some time now. But it's interesting what you say about this new relationship to time, because when I was going back and doing the research of... Um, when the Jupiter Saturn conjunction happened last December and thinking about the switch into the air triplicity and how we hadn't really been there since the 12, 1300s and uh, going, I was like, what happened then? And one of the things that I was reading about that changed was the nature of time for yeah. people. And so it's interesting that you bring that up now, because I do think that is very relevant. And then one of the things that I've seen as like this catch 
phrase buzzword, you know, that it's just going around everywhere is, you know, shifting timelines, the shifting mm-hmm. timelines. And I can see that. I, I do feel like there's like, we're kind of like trains in the night that are just shifting <laughs> tracks, you know, with all yeah. these grand conjunctions. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, like you say too, with the curveballs, because I think that this year has a lot of um, just interesting curveballs that have been thrown at us that we have to flow with within the Gemini Sag energy, but also within the, uh, like the lock of the fixed energies uh, with Saturn and Uranus. So there, there's like, it shifts, but it's also very permanent in many ways too. So yeah, I totally resonate with that weird, the time, time, what is it? Is existential questions. <laughs> oh no, but I'm, I'm, and I'm a very existential person. So I, I mean, those, all those questions fascinate me. And I'm also just big into Chiron work. And so this whole time that Chiron is in Aries and continues to be in Aries is also about healing our sense of identity and that's collectively and individually. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just think all these things together, it's, um, it's weird how you mentioned that the things that feel permanent and the things that are not, because then we have Neptune and Pisces, which would from that standpoint would almost laugh at all that and say what's permanent anyway, you know, yeah. <laughs> what you, what you call a train and what's passing in the night is just our mind's way of making sense of what's happening. So um, for me, it's exciting. Cause I think there's this a whole, um, it's not that this stuff hasn't already been here, but I feel like there's a, maybe we are, and I don't we're going to talk about Mercury retrograde more in the air science, but I feel like part of that is reclaiming a way to connect with information in different ways. And that to me links with that structure too. So that's exciting to me, right? If we can tune into different frequencies and even then our days can feel different. So instead of like, oh, it's 7am, I got to this, it's 10am, 10, 10 I got to do that. Maybe there's space in there that it doesn't have to be quite that way. Now I'm not turning off my clock yet, <laughs> you know, you know, but I am playing around with the Neptunian kind of idea that do I have to be that worried on all those little increments or is there a different way of relating or just being in the space? And maybe you don't run out of time if you're doing what you need to do. Maybe you're not late. You know, there's all these concepts. Absolutely. And I think that, um, that being said with the whole COVID phenomenon and the change in in the workforce and our daily schedules and what life is on that, like you said, that's an incremental Mm -hmm. basis and, Mm -hmm. and having the space within that to, uh, redefine what that looks like, but also have the anxiety around that too, because there's so many people that are like, give me that structure, give me that space. That's, you know, the the idea of time is, uh, it can sound confining, but it's also very comforting when you Mm -hmm. know that it's like, it it gives you some sense of routine. I mean, routine Mm -hmm. is centered around, it's not centered around time per se, but a lot of times it can't, it, it is. And, you know, Pisces, like you said, Pisces is all about the flow. Pisces is like, if I have a Pisces friend and we're going to meet at 7 PM, <laughs> you better bet that person is showing up about seven 30. Like, like you just say, like, I have not known a Pisces yet. <laughs> Prominent Pisces yet that has shown up, you know, late is on time Um, because it's a flow, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, so I love the idea of finding the flow. And I feel like maybe it's my Pisces South node speaking, but I set up my whole life to be able to do that. Like I'm someone who likes to work on my own schedule. I 
um, am conscious of time with the Capricorn moon, but I also need the flow because I'm not always ready. And I think when we're so timed out, we have to be ready when the clock strikes this, you know, and, uh, energy doesn't always work that way. So no, and you miss your moment so many times, right? Because you're thinking about what you need to be doing and that takes us out. I mean, we all, I mean, this is an old topic talking about presence, but I mean, it's, it's a real valid thing. Like if you want to be more present in your life, if you're too attached to time, it's like you really, you, you'll miss it. Yeah. And I'm realizing the older I get too, as I head towards 50 now, right. I more than I want to get something done. I don't want to miss something important now. And so that's for me has shifted my own time and priorities, which I think is a, just a small little level reflection of the big energies happening for all of us. Each of us individually is going through a, maybe a reprioritization too of what does that look like? Absolutely. What do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Well, we'll have lots of time to think about things because we're yeah. going to get to an air season <laughs> yes. uh, here. So nice. everybody put on their thinking caps, um, and you know it all kicks off basically with the equinox, uh, which is the fall equinox here in the northern hemisphere, and it will be the spring in the southern, um, and that happens on the twenty second here Wednesday, uh, and so you know here we are equal day equal night, uh, equal, equal, equal. And so uh, do you have any insights on the equinox just in general or things you've noticed over time or how, maybe how you celebrate it or anything you want to share with that? I mean, over time, because I, I am, I, I like the pagan holidays, I do oftentimes celebrate them. So for me, sometimes that's just a celebration of Maybon, right? That's what we would do in that tradition, but, um, but nothing specific. I feel like Anytime we're changing seasons and right, we know it's the start of a new cardinal sign. It's a good time just to tune in with sorry, how, how you want to lead, what you want to initiate in general. So it's not that it's a new moon, but there's a little bit of that similar energy of feeling like, how do I want to start this next season? So I don't have any particular things, you know, maybe I light a candle, but it's more <laughs> just, it's, it, I think it's more about intention. And for me, intention is the big thing. And I do think about the balance point though, because only twice a year does this happen, right? Only twice is the day and night equal. Um, and it's for only a taste. So I know for me, and this definitely is Northern hemisphere, but there is an invitation when the fall equinox comes to start to be more reflective. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that that time, whether or not like I'm in Los Angeles, right. It's not going to get super cold. I'm not going to like put on snow boots, whatever, but that feeling of getting ready to turn into the darker months of even what we call shadow season. That's like, full of self-reflective time. And so I guess that's my biggest intention around this time of year. Mm, I love that. It's, it's like what I'm hearing is basically it's an initiation yeah. to the next six months that is yeah. a darkening of sorts, um, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. Obviously, it'll be reversed um, yeah. down down South there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something to be said. Like you said, like th- it happens one day, tw- twice a year. And we know with balance, balance and thinking about Libra, balance is so hard to maintain. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this is what I would consider a tipping point. Like we get to be yes. at the sense of equilibrium yep. for such a short period before it just begins to tip again. And then maybe we're trying to balance it mm-hmm. in some way. And maybe we're trying to balance it through uh, increased reflection. Like you said, like as the darkness starts to increase more, maybe that is the the way of, of, of balancing it here. Um, but it does seem like a very special point where we just get to sit with what that equality looks like, you know, with the, with the very basic archetype of day and night, (laughs) um, and just see what, you know, what that means to you in that moment. So, uh, I'll be lighting a candle. That'll probably be all I'm doing, (laughs) all I'm doing, (laughs) but just, you know, honoring the fact that we are at the, the balance point here. And so now there's a lot going on with this Libra season, of course, other than it being started with, uh, the equinox, um, you know, as you were saying, cardinal energy floats back in, you know, this is starting energy. This is different from the mutable period. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. had a lot of planets moving through cardinal energy, so we've gotten a taste of it, but it's always different when the sun comes in, obviously because the sun really makes us consciously aware and spotlights, you know, things to uh, very clearly to us. Um, so that cardinal energy and is going to be around and Mars is going to be riding side by side with the sun uh, this whole period. Um, we're just gearing up for the conjunction around the new moon. So that's huge. I mean, that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, I think, you, you know, the other thing about uh, equinox time, just traditionally, it's a time of harvest, right? So there's mm-hmm. also this element of just um, looking at what you've done, meaning whatever it is in your life. I think it's a good time. It's always a good time to have gratitude, but especially around this time to look at that. Uh, it's interesting to see like Mars though, lining up with, so it's so, when you think about these fiery planets in, Mar- in, a, in, a, in Libra, it's interesting, right? Because Mars by its nature doesn't particularly, it's probably not its favorite place to be, right? It's not, not necessarily the most comfortable there. So that in itself has inherent tension. So it's interesting when you think about an archetype of coming into balance, but Libra, I always remind myself, it's not an archetype of balance. It's an archetype of coming into balance. And mm-hmm. I think that's super important. It doesn't mean that, oh, we move into Libra season and now all of a sudden everything comes into balance. <laughs> that's not how, Libra is actually a sign of extremes. Yes. So right after that, what you call the tipping point, whatever that moment we have that feeling of uh, equality, I suppose in equal measure, we feel how much the minute that it's passed, maybe how much we're not in balance in certain ways. And that's part of the gift. Cause when you have a moment in the sweet spot, you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. But then the scale, you know, or you, what it is that what you're doing yeah. go your way and then you recognize it. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes it's a reality check meaning, okay, are you really in balance? And you know, you get that little, if you want to tune into it, you get that, you get a sense of it. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's what the sun's purpose is, because uh, if it's making you aware of something, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, because the sun's not comfortable in Libra either. So we got no. Libra, and, yeah. you know, the sun and Mars in yeah. uh, what is considered more difficult placements, uh, being very aware of what is out of balance. And and sometimes we can deal with things that are out of balance in easier ways. Like they don't bother us so much or, you know, but I think that's what the the thing with Libra is the awareness that comes with it Mm -hmm. and trying, uh, it's best to find the balance or what is, is fair or equal or, you know, and how much work that actually takes. Because at the end of the day, like 
we don't live in a fair world, (laughs) you know, um, life is not fair. Uh, we'd like to think it is, um, I'd love it to be, but, but the reality is, is that, you know, like that's the idea of like polarity and shifting scales Mm -hmm. is that there's always these different shades that are, are pulling at each other. That doesn't allow for that kind of perfect balance to exist Mm. only in moments, right? (laughs) Just enough to taste it, to know what it's, when it's not. Um, well, and the other thing is balance is not lack of tension. Like we think about that too, because we use words like ease and harmony, all of these things with Libra. And I feel like it makes it sound like, oh, it's just like you just let the rope go slack or something, you know? <laughs> but if you're a tightrope walker, for example, like to keep the rope taut, people have to have equal pressure on either ends. If you're on a teeter totter or a seesaw, if both people sit on one side, it's not balanced. So I think it's not about dropping all the tension is about just the right tension in the right measure. Right. And so this gets into a whole bigger conversation around Libra. That's about how to really show up and hold your part of the tension. I don't Mm. mean tension in a negative way, right? Because Libra sometimes doesn't want to do that. Doesn't want to rock the boat. But I was thinking, I always think about this because people talk about, Oh, Libra can't decide. It's not that Libra can't decide. This is at least how I look at it. Libra is ruled by Venus. That is Venus likes to judge what it wants, what it likes, what's pretty, what's ugly. It's not an issue with choosing. It's executing the choice. That's the difference. So we have also this opportunity with Mars and the sun in Libra to help us to have more courage around making choices. So maybe those fiery planets can help us actually choose, right? Not just choose in our heads, but actually choose and then lead with action in carrying out those choices, which sometimes is difficult for Libra to do right? That energy. Um, yeah. So it's funny. I just think we all Libra, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you say, but you know, we Libra also, I mean, it, it, and it can be super charming and pleasant, all these things. And I have Libra on the descendant. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not excusing myself in this part of the conversation, (laughs) but sometimes, you know, it plays nice and it's not actually nice underneath. And I think yeah. one of the things when you bring like Mars into Libra, it's it can actually bring those things more to the surface, meaning how have I been acting nice or talking nice to you or, you know, when I actually don't feel that way underneath. And so even though, yes, it's a Libra archetype, I, I'm actually excited about the opportunity for how can you have more honest, equal partnerships, which is really what Libra wants anyway, even if they do get a little bit messy, which Libra doesn't like, but you know, Mars is pretty comfortable with that. So yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, it helps. I think to have Venus in Scorpio for, uh, you know, like at least the first half of the transit, because she's willing to get a little messy. Yes. Um, but I, I totally, I, and I was talking about this with Cassandra Tyndall on the last program, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about Mars moving into, uh, and Mercury, both being in Libra and, um, yeah, the niceness that can be on the outside and the charm, but then like what's going on underneath or the passive aggressiveness that can come yeah. through there. And there's uh, a lot that, you know, there could be a facade because of the p- keeping the peace or people pleasing mm-hmm. or trying to keep some sort of equilibrium, which is actually really destructive in the long run because yeah. it's not uh, on, it's not being honest and truthful mm-hmm. and upfront, um, which I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Libra would 
ultimately like, and especially Scorpio. And then because Venus is going to move, is in Scorpio and she's going to move to Sagittarius. And to me, Scorpio and Sagittarius are incredibly truthful signs. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, there is that underlying there, but, and, and, but when go to go back to the idea of indecision and choice and what you were saying there, and that's the hard part with Libra is that because they're so aware of what the choices are and why it can be so hard to choose because we make choices and we can make them rather flippantly in life and not realizing that when you choose, there is, especially if you have a sense of loyalty or commitment that goes beyond that, you know, like, and Venus is not what, you know, she's not necessarily always one to like, you stick around, you know, <laughs> Venus is like, I like what I like in the moment That's right. and the pleasure. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. the idea of a commitment, it can be stressful in the sense that, um, it's just that like, I, now I've, now I've made a choice and I, it's not up in the air. There's no wiggle room. There's no, mm-hmm. yeah. So there can be some, of uh, some of that going on there. Um, so yes, take, I'll take all those words <laughs> and remember them <laughs> as we, as we float through Libra season here. <laughs> now, a couple other things that are going on, uh, obviously it's just all the station. So mm-hmm. we have so many planets that are emerging after periods of retrograde. We've got Pluto, uh, is the first to emerge. Yeah. Then we have Saturn, which we know is going to be big with all the Saturn energy going this year. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jupiter is going to move forward as well the day before Mercury goes direct in its cycle because Mercury mm-hmm. will retrograde mm-hmm. and station direct all within the Libra season. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think about just all that I guess we could say forward momentum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think that we will, it's interesting because the mercury puts a little bit different swing in it, but the rest of them, I can't imagine that all of us on some level, we're going to feel pushed to go. Right. I think that many at one time and that short little coming together that uh, I think it'll be more difficult to just sit on things and whether that comes out in productive ways or comes out in just frustration. I mean, that can be, you know, whichever way we want to work with it, but I, that's how part of what I, and especially with, um, I mean, Pluto and Capricorn, I mean, it wants business, right? Yeah. It's not interested in sitting around. Aquarius also wants to move forward and make things happen from the Saturn aspect, Jupiter and Aquarius too, right? The, none of these, these planets are about, they want change. So I think we're going to find it harder for ourselves to sit with things that are not working, especially things we know aren't working when they turn direct. It's almost like kicking yourself in the butt, you know, a little bit. It's like, okay, I've been hanging out here, just sort of seeing how it goes. Cause retrogrades are a good time to actually do that. You know, yeah. it's good to sort of reassess. How does it feel? Maybe I want to do it different, but when they turn direct, man, it's like, it's like they notice it and there, you know, you just, you just yeah. feel the pressure. Um, and, and then these are, uh, I mean, primarily air signs that is happening other than Pluto and Capricorn yeah. there and yeah. air is outward reaching. It is faster yeah. in action. It's could be, this, it, this could be things that land on, you know, like situational outside world stuff yes. that then yeah. changes 
the uh, you know trajectory or or the potentials of things too. Because I mean, when we're talking about air, there can be a lot of planning, there can be a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. there can be a, a lot of just dealing with the the potentialities or the the uh, the blueprints in your head mm-hmm. about the, how the vision is going to manifest and maybe choices coming around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all starts with, like you said, the the turn of Pluto and Capricorn who wants business because that that's here yeah. now and the start because it's a it is a cardinal energy and actually uh Tara and I are recording this under the sun Pluto trine uh basically I think as the sun in Capricorn or the moon in Capricorn is trining the sun we're speaking right now and and lighting up this aspect so there's something we said about in this moment which you're not going to hear about because this podcast comes out afterwards um but it to, to me it seems like a precursor um this uh well, what day is it? I'm like the time, time has lost me. Um, <laughs> it is the, it is the 15th of September that we're yes, recording this. Um, there is, could be something to be said about, uh, kind of what's happening with this time period that leads up to Pluto. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sun and Virgo. Yes. We're definitely, we're trying yes. Pluto and the moon. So that's, yeah. yeah. So think about this time in retrospect when you hear this, but knowing that Pluto goes direct on October 6th and kind of the, the lead up to, to all this. Um, but so those are all moving forward. Um, but like you said, there's a kind of a weird twist with the fact that mm. Mercury goes retrograde. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so we were talking about the air signs before we got uh, on recording uh, about just air signs in general yeah. and the air sign retrograde. So what I mean, what do you think about this Mercury retrograde in Libra, which starts out with a square to Pluto and a trine to Jupiter? Like what an interesting station signature, <laughs> you know, as a because Mercury is going to skate station on the 26th, not too long after Libra season gets underway. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think, I mean, without even adding any other aspects, um, I do think it's important to know that all the Mercury, I call it Mercury retrograde air edition this year, right? Because it was all completely in air signs, meaning that even during each retrograde, it didn't even back up into another sign, even temporarily, right? So we've been solid with our Mercury retrogrades full in the air signs, which to me is all about really needing in some level to reclaim. It's not, it's, I mean, it's our minds, right? So a big part is how we think, which is what we were saying in the beginning, but also how we relate, right? Relationships. And so this one in particular, It's interesting that the last one of the year is in Libra, right? Because Mercury retrograde in Libra to me, so much to do with re-questioning. How do you want to partner, not just with your, like your romantic partner or your business partner, how do you want to partner with life? Mm -hmm. I always think about Libra. We always, and yes, it's about relationships with people, but it's relationships with everything. So ultimately Libra is a, it's a choice. How do you want to, you know, when I show up in my day, am I partnering with life and like an ally or am I looking at it like it's doing, you know, always doing bad things to me, right? I mean, there's a choice of how I want to partner with things. So for me, that's a big issue. And we know just our current state of things worldwide in our own country here in the United States, right? We're not working together very well. We're not Mm -hmm. partnering, right? It's the opposite. And I think that's in part the extremism side of Libra. So But I mean it when I say it starts with a choice. Like with me, I think about this a lot. How do I want to partner with this situation? How do I want to partner right now on this podcast? How do I want to 
partner when I go out and walk through my neighborhood. So maybe it sounds simplified, but to me, it's a big issue because how we make that choice has everything to do with how we move forward. And I don't think Mercury retrograde, like for us, we can't keep, we can keep going, of course. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure I want to go where that ends up if we don't have a course correction. Absolutely. And maybe it starts with even defining what does it mean even to be, to relate with life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm in it. It comes down to the idea of relation relating to life, but how you relate to yourself within that. 100%. Because, yeah. every, you know, everything we deal with another person, whether it's romantic, whether it's business, whether it's a stranger on the street or some random person with an avatar that we see on social media, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. the projection that we see, uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, is always a reflection of ourselves. Um, and which it stems back to where we came from because that's yeah. that's a bigger thing within that. So I I love the I, I love simplifying it like that because you know sometimes we need to simplify it. How do you want to partner with life? You know, and on, on a mental sphere, you know, because we're talking yeah. about Mercury here. This, this yeah. is a perceptual area yeah. of life. You know, like how we communicate, what wh- what we choose to take in and process, mm-hmm. and the details mm-hmm. that we're getting through that. Um, and 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 then like. To, to add in just the square to Pluto and the trying to Jupiter, just because it seems to fit is, you know, because yeah. Jupiter is that counterpart to Mercury that's looking yes. at the bigger picture and, and the yeah. beliefs that are associated with that. Mm-hmm. And Pluto, uh, a square to Pluto is like, something's got to change, you know, like something there's, there's a purification process that is underway mm-hmm. that when you look at a great divide, such as we're under right now, um, you know, we're not partnering with life very well, because if there's mm-hmm. constant, division everywhere we look, it's, it's up to us as individuals to change that because what we see outside of ourselves, we're all responsible for that. Um, yeah, but that, but that, and you're, you're so right. It comes back. We only react to things that are inside of ourselves to begin with. Right. So, I mean, I'm an evolutionary astrologer, so all my work is really about, you know, as within, as without, right. I mean, I'm so with that, but part of this choosing to partner with life is if we don't really see it as a, we, if I don't really see that other person, that other thing as part of me, I don't, it's, first of all, you can't fully do the Libra thing because to really do the Libra thing, you have to really want to relate to something. And this is where it's, it's weird, right? You get into the word relate. What does that actually mean? It doesn't just, I mean, there's a deeper meaning to that word. And it's a choice. Like I, I always think, you know, this is kind of a more Neptunian thing, but we talk about oftentimes of like, oh, need to be generous or help other people. If you really think about things as though we are all interconnected, generosity kind of isn't even an issue because it's just our, your job to take care of yourself. So if you look at the we, it's our job to do that for each other. I think in many ways, we've just so polarized ourselves and so made it me against you and us against them that we forget that those are just made up. Right. It's like with our birth charts. I mean, I think of it this way. I think it was Alexander M. Sarajic who brought this up at one point. He's like, everything you encounter in your life is a part of your own natal chart. Right. It's not something else. Now, we could talk about longer conversation about, yes, that for things having its experience too. But when you can start to switch that relationship with life, there's so much more possible. And so to speak like to that um, with the, with the Jupiter I'm trying that you mentioned to Mercury retrograde when it turns retrograde. That's all about expanding your consciousness around relationships. What does it even, what do you even think about them? What does it mean? This is why I think I'm so into this idea of 
what does that even mean to partner with someone or with life? What does it, what is that? Cause I don't, most of us, I think we just say we're doing it. That's not what we're really doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and I think this is an invitation, <laughs> you know, especially in such a pivotal time of existence <laughs> and astrological setups um, and all the stationings that are stationings, I guess, uh, all the stations yeah. that are happening um, that we are invited into this process. And it can be a rather useful one uh, where we get a lot of benefit from it. If we're willing to really, really look at things, you know, um, and open up in a different way to ask these deeper questions or be more of an observer, you know, cause that's the thing with air is it's, it can observe. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have to detach enough, uh, to be able to have a, a higher perspective or a switch yeah. perspective, because we got to get out of ourselves enough yeah. to understand what mechanisms are really at play to begin with that mm-hmm. are creating, you know, this, you know, where I'm going with this, but uh, yeah, well, what, what you just said, what really supports that too, is we didn't talk about this at the equinox point where when the sun um, ingresses into Libra, but Aries to Virgo is all about subjective personal development It's all subjective perspective. So yeah. when we move to Libra, it's the first shift to objectivity, right? So the invitation is actually to see things as they are, actually are in their own right, instead of just how I see them you know, impacting me or how that makes me feel or how it is from my view. Um, but it's a learning to do it, right? Because Libra is just the start of that upper hemisphere. So that's why we say it's learning to love, right? It's not that you know how to do all of it. It's learning to have that perspective. But I think objectivity is huge. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Huge, huge. Yes. Stay objective. Stay objective, people. Um, there's, there's a lot, a lot of that that, that is needed. Uh, because I feel like that is not present in much of no. what I see right now. Objectivity. It is very um subjective. <laughs> and what do you <laughs> Melissa, what do you think? Because it's not, it's and I, I don't say this in a sense of like, oh, just be objective and where are we? Like, I don't mean to say it and like it's just some easy thing to do. And I also don't mean to minimize, you know, people's suffering or people's pain or real injustices and things that have happened. That's not at all where I'm trying to go with it. It's just, I feel like there's a different way to look at it and a different way to even come at the negotiation. That's what it is. So um, I'm not at all suggesting that in shadow Libra fashion, we just like saccharine coat it with some sort of like pretty frosting when it's a, you know, a shit cake underneath. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, that's not what I mean, but I do. Um, but we have the capacity to do better in that way. Like I know that we do. I know I do. Like I watch myself in just my normal day and I can see time after time again, how I can step and look at it differently and how much it makes a difference and Mercury all about perception, right? But perception is everything. That's your reality. It's yeah. literally the movie you projecting out there. So exactly. The opportunity if you want to turn it to something else. Yeah, that's that's where it's all that's where it all starts. I mean, Mercury at the end of the day is the magician, you know, yeah. when you think about magic and life and, yeah. and intention and we have to our how we perceive this whole thing mm-hmm. that we're that we call life. Um, yeah. whether it's happening within us, I mean it's always happening within us, but yes. and, and how we perceive it 
from outside of us. And I agree. Yeah. This is like uh, observation can be like, just pull back and observe. It could be like considered detachment. Um, But at the same time, I think when we go through some very trying things or there's very uh, ingrained or rooted responses that are, that are within us that are come from like trauma bodies or from a very emotional places, the only thing to really, uh, pull back enough to change those patterns or to transcend, uh, that pain is the objectivity and the understanding that could come out of that. So it's, it's learning to use it, um, in a way that helps us through actually more trying things instead of being mired in, um, the experience, um, that then gets reflected to the people that are outside of us. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of a vicious, it could be a vicious cycle in that way if we don't pull back enough to yeah. see how we are taking part in it or to see how other people, when we interact with someone, we feel we're on the other end of it, you know, rather than biting mm-hmm. and uh, pull, being pulled into it. Because especially with all the, just the, all the Libra energy and Mars and Libra there oh, too, yeah. and the sun and Mars being combust as well, you oh, know, yeah. to, to me, yeah. that's a lot of like, back and forth. That could be a lot of tit for tat. That's like, you know, I think this is fair. I think this is fair, you know, and it could be never ending and it can bring in what we talked about before we got on the podcast is anxiety. Uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and then there also are some things that you're not going to like debate your way out of them. Right. Or there's some, sometimes when you're not going to come to common ground, like, so and Libra is partly having the the judgment to know when to keep trying to compromise and to recognize when it's not going to happen. So these are all tricky things, right? This whole world of relationships, which is what we live in. I mean, it's, it's difficult, super difficult. I think we don't acknowledge that enough, really. Like relationships are hard. <laughs> they are. I think they're one of the biggest learning points of, uh, mm-hmm. of us being here because we are a communal species. <laughs> Um, so that being said, we basically start off uh, Libra season right after a full moon, which is interesting with all these seasons now starting on full yeah. moon energy. You know, there's a lot of going on in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing we have is, you know, now that the sun is in Libra, it's it's looking to Venus and what she's doing. Um, so Venus becomes more prevalent, but she basically starts the starts the whole transit off with her opposition to Uranus, which, uh, you know, is the kind of the second point of lighting up that Saturn-Uranus configuration. So this is going to happen on the 23rd, uh, Thursday, the 23rd. I mean, basically a couple days around that. Um, but that is a really, uh, electric way to start the season. Venus is like, Oh, you want to know about re- relationships? <laughs> Let me talk to Uranus here. <laughs> yeah. As if we, I mean, saying like everything we just talked about is now extra emphasized <laughs> by your, and now there's even less tolerance for like holding on to the past if it doesn't work. So, oh yeah, you're right. Like relationships are so, uh, they're like on the hot seat full time at this point, I feel like. Yeah. Cause Uranus is like, Ooh. oh, you know what? Like, um, yeah, you, you, it's time to upgrade that we will shake. It's like pull it. It's like taking someone, turning them upside down and shaking all the change out of their pockets. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're going to get it out of you. Uh, and it's going to be jarring unless you choose to do it yourself, you know, because that's the thing with oppositions, you know? Oh, like, well, and with anything, I always like say to my clients, whatever, like if you get conscious and work with the energy, you're going to be less of a chance for you need to, for you to manifest it in like a 
more challenging way, right? Because you'll be in the flow, but Uranus is unpredictable. So we can't say for sure what's going to happen. But I feel like with this, especially opposing Venus, that anything in relationships, and this also could be essential needs, like there's other areas of Venus too, not just relationships, but when we're already on the stream of relationships. And I feel like the, the, the multiple factors all at once are just like our collective intention to really get it. Like, that's how I look at it when multiple things are happening, but that anything in relationships, the way you do relationships, your relationship patterns, that if it's actually not working and if it's actually not solid, you kind of got to find out by seeing if the foundation will break, right? Sometimes the only way we can know that something's not working is when it falls apart. Like I always think like if it's your front porch, right. And your step is broken, like, you know, and wouldn't you rather tap on it and realize that it's rotten instead of like step all the way through and break your leg. So so to your point, (laughs) when you consciously engage, you maybe only have to have a little sliver versus a, you know, complete leg in a cast kind of thing. And, but I recognize it can feel um, upsetting, right. We can feel like sometimes our, we thought something we depended on for so long, or we thought something was working, or you know, we had this old pattern in relationships. And by, by the way, it's never to me, it's never about the person. That doesn't mean I don't think sometimes we need to make changes of who we're in relationship with, but it's always about our own personal relationship pattern. So that's what's really up for, I guess, um liberation, but it's also authenticities, right? So this Absolutely. is about like if your relationships aren't built on something authentic, I feel like you're going to, we're going to all have experiences of discovering how that is. Right. I thought that was real. I thought that person was really my good friend and, you know, look at this, or maybe you discovered about yourself comes down to a situation and you realize, wow, I don't know that I was, that I'm really into this relationship, or maybe things have just changed over time and now it's not a good fit, but you know, Uranus doesn't want, it's the part of us that wants it to be authentic. It doesn't doesn't want to wear a suit that doesn't fit. doesn't want to wear a costume. You know, it wants it to be it because you want it. Yeah. So I, and well, and, and that's the way I always look at as being a Uranian person myself. I always look at it as this, it's a disruptive force. It's a catalytic force. It's a very individualistic, you know, energy. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about Venus here, which is like, let's, let's come together. Like that is the goal here. So having the disruption of the individualized energy, which can be Mm -hmm. rather obstinate at times too, because you're honest, they're like, oh, it's a freedom. It's a rebel. I'm like, no, you're honest can be very fixed and and obstinate when it's like, I mean, because a lot of times when people, when you are rebelling, you like, you have to be obstinate, you know, like, because I refuse to do that. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of that energy too, that comes out and, but coming back to the idea of the opposition. And since we are talking about Libra season here, it is the other side. Like you can work with this. You can find the middle ground or get the bird's eye view. Um, but, but something is going to surprise you, shake up, want to be, you know, authenticated in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, and to pull back to the idea of, uh, you know, we're talking about relationships and you said Mm -hmm. Venus can be other things Mm -hmm. and Taurus too. And so we think about value that comes in. So it could be a lot of just, well, what do I value within this connection? Mm. What do I value? Um, Or how do we even come together to deal with things? Like I'm thinking about very mundane things with couples of like finances. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Sex. How do we, yeah. All these things are really up for like, is this how we actually want it? Right. Is this how we actually need it? Yeah. 
So, so prepare for her to uh, rub up against something that is going to kind of (laughs) (laughs) take your, take, take your mind in a couple different places there. Um, But yeah, so that it's an interesting energy that starts off Libra season to then basically carry us in to the Mercury station. Um, stationing retrograde at 25 degrees of Libra on the Sunday, the 26th of September. So uh, there's something to be said about what Mercury gets to process after Libra, who is basically in, in, you know, our Venus, who's in charge of uh, Mercury in its Libra position. And she just went through that opposition with Uranus, uh, on the uh, 16th, right around the time that Tara and I are talking, she went through yeah. the square with Saturn. So there's something to be said about Venus's movements that are going to lead us in to this Mercury retrograde and everything that we talked about, <laughs> you know, prior to us getting to this point. Well, and I didn't think about this, but I mean, obviously we know that Venus rules that Mercury in Libra, right? So that's that's in there. And I didn't think about the fact that the Venus-Uranus opposition could very well shake it up enough so that the Mercury retrograde then can rework and rethink from a different place, right? So that could really serve an important point for all of us, whatever that thing is. I mean, it's collective and individually, but it should be interesting to pay attention to if something felt unsettling, um, that may be a really positive thing. I mean, that might actually be your way in to then a whole new renegotiation. And when it comes to, when it comes to working with anything that's Venus ruled, man, our comfort, our, how good we feel, how well our daily life is, you know, the pleasure we experience. There's a huge opportunity for that to really come to an, an, a newer, nicer place. So to me, yes. it's worth a little turmoil. If in the end, your life feels sweeter, because that would be a very Venus thing. Absolutely. Right. Cause, uh, I think mm. one thing we didn't say about Uranus is that it, it shocks you. It awakens you. So if yes. you are shocked and awakened right before you go into, uh, you know, a, a retreat of perception, yes. before we take that in, like that is huge. It, it, it's huge. And, and it's worth it. Like you said, it's worth its discomfort, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to have that time to really reorient or mm-hmm. uh, reorientate one's yeah. um, perception of all the Venusian yeah. related things that we're yeah. talking about to then emerge uh, about mid-October, um, right when Jupiter station, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just oh my saying, gosh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> there is something to be said yeah. about both emerging at the same time of how we perceive things and the bigger belief and philosophy and, you know, around, around it all. So, well, or even Jupiter, like, I mean, if, if then, if that's how we can move forward doing more and growing and expanding, but we, but without this happening before, I'm not, we wouldn't like, what would we, what would we be expanding? Like you might not want to expand that part of your garden, right? I mean, you might need that point of rechecking. Maybe it's something different. So I feel like that, this, but this is very, this is fun. Like just thinking of how they, it is because I, when we talked about the invitation of them kind of coming back, you know, you think like a Jupiter has been retrograde since the solstice of cancer and on June 20th. And so we think it's about to turn direct and we're like, oh, we got this figured out, but it's like, yeah, no, no, Mercury's going to try and in. Well, yep. squares Pluto, and it's going to give you three weeks <laughs> to really understand what this Jupiter direct is going to be. So once we we use the term curveballs earlier on in the program, yes, yeah. 
So there's going to be some internal curveballs, I yeah. think, um, that are, oh, are they going to play out in the relational field? But yeah, this is, it's, it's kind of fascinating to see, oh God, divine timing, right? You know, like, well, and what a blessing, even when something makes you feel stuck, what a blessing when you recognize later that if something hadn't held you back, you would have ran forward where you didn't want to go. And that's yes. kind of the feeling I get from this. And I know my own, I have Aries rising, man. Like I, I mean, <laughs> so I think this might be part of it. It's like, okay, big opportunity to go, but make sure again, make sure Jupiter's a path, right? Make sure you're on the part of it you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And okay. So that being said, all right. So we're painting the picture of Mercury retrograding basically on the 26th of on Sunday in September, Mm. but there's also a fascinating lineup chain of event with Mars and the sun and Saturn and the North node that are all taking place basically between the 25th and the 29th, uh, that Saturday through, um, about Wednesday where, you know, the, um, Mars is trining Saturn right before Mercury stations. We've got the sun trining the North node. That's a grand grand trine, right? Yeah. Yeah, There's a grand air trine going on. That is huge. So they're back to the understanding and the awareness (laughs) and that like, there's, there is so much between the 23rd and the 29th to me that just is like, oh my God. <laughs> well, and even more, and think about this, the North node is ruled by the Mercury. So, I mean, we're just yes. like, I mean, th- and, and, and the North node and Gemini, it's all about like open-mindedness. So this is, it's, I know Saturn in Aquarius is there and that's not, doesn't always feel open-minded, <laughs> but in this context, I feel like you use the word invitation. I'm back to invitation again. It really is an invitation for how do you really want to look at this? Like, I mean, from the little things to the big things, because Gemini too, you know, Robert Hand talks about how Gemini and the third house are like heresy, right? They, they literally are like in the old days, they'd be opposing the Catholic church, whatever, which would be represented by Sagittarius. But you think about that energy literally challenges all the things that we have held to be. This is how it is. Mm. This is true, how we want to do it. So I'm saying this is really like you have in some ways you have to be your own heretic with yourself, meaning the things that even that maybe you've thought, hey, this is how it is for me. I mean, our world's a perfect example. We have no idea what's going to happen with the COVID stuff. But right. What a, what a point of recognizing that we need to start poking holes in our own stuff. Yeah. And this, I think, is. Yeah. 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 And instead of always pointing the finger, you know, it is yeah. a, you point one finger, but the the other three are pointing right back at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, it is a fascinating lineup. Uh, and I think the trying to Saturn there, uh, really adds some, some gra- gravity to it yeah. in the sense that, well, how is this really, you know, mm-hmm. is this facilitating, my, you know, cause I think, I think the long-term vision of what we are, you know, putting all our mental energy into and the, you know, the twists and turns. And we talk about these shifting timelines that we're under, mm-hmm. because I've witnessed them as, as Venus, like my own, mm-hmm. my life changed in a very significant way. When Venus hit that spot, that was the grand trine with Saturn and the North mm-hmm. node, Mercury has hit that spot already too. And so having sun and Mars is, are, is the last kind of component for this. And the sun brings that awareness and Mars brings the, the action and and the motivation that is needed. 
Um, so it seems very, when I say like the adding the weight to the process, um, mm-hmm. in, in a positive way to where we're not going to just blow it off. We're like, Oh no, this is no. important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I think Saturn in some level in here you know, requires a commitment and integrity, right? Yes. So it's while Mars and the sun together, maybe get things going, it's Saturn that makes them sustainable, acts and keep them going. So there's always a, a Saturn, it's interesting because we talk about Saturn. Well, this would be a whole other conversation just about Saturn because it's not just all levity. I know it comes across that way sometimes. Saturn ultimately wants the part of us that wants satisfaction, right? But that requires not just something in the moment that makes us feel good, Mm. right? That requires a longer view. And so part of this, I feel like, especially in Aquarius is what is the longer view? Can you see the longer view? Because that will save you from making some of the choices now that don't serve the bigger picture. So it's a Man, it's like a whole, if, if we were a camera, we'd be putting on a whole different lens. Like if, the, if we ourselves were a camera, like that's how I think about that as a photographer, we literally would be changing. And so maybe for me, I'm used to a wide angle. Now it's going to be, you know, a zoom and something different for you. And maybe it's different for each of us, but there's something really key in being willing to look at it in a way that you never thought you would. And it's actually uncomfortable Cause there is that to me, like that's the spot and Saturn and Aquarius is so good at like, it's not just about manifesting change that is good for the future, but it's also about helping us really take seriously how we need to make adjustments. So mm-hmm. no, but I agree with you. There's a level of commitment. It's not just a, it's not just a, Hey, let's talk about it. And it sounds kind of exciting. It's, it's like, Oh, well, what's the, what's the, what's the reality in the real world yeah. that goes behind it? And that's always been yeah. uh, the, the issue between the, you know, the Peter Pan mercurial complex and the old man Saturn. And, mm-hmm. you know, people that are very mercurial by nature can have a hard time with Saturn because, you know, it's easier to live in the moment and, and have instant gratification um, or, you know, without looking at long-term consequences yeah. or the results of things or what's needed to manifest something that uh, just naturally takes time to develop, um, and a seriousness, um, and also a discipline of yes. sorts that mm-hmm. is, it doesn't get the gratification in the moment, especially when we're talking about yeah. all these planets in a, a Venusian sign. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Well, and Saturn too, being like the gatekeeper in the sense that we think about Saturn being associated with time, but to me, Saturn, it's not so much as Saturn is time. Saturn's the gatekeeper that keeps you working in time until you're ready to move into the next mm. space. So if we want to think about it that way, Saturn actually rules the boundary. It doesn't hold us in. I mean, Saturn's both sides. So I always think with Saturn is opportunity to move into a next level, but not until you've complete the one you're on. Right. Yes. And so I think that's part of it too, is, you know, I always talk about this, like video games, right. You can't get to move to level 10 until you really completed level nine, we talked about time earlier. And so to me, and in some correspondences, we look at Saturn as being associated with the crown chakra. Mm. And that's because time and the, and the boundary beyond time is held there. Saturn's both sides. So I don't like, I don't like to always think about it being the part in the box. It's outside the box too, but it doesn't just let you move into the next dimension until you're ready for it. But that's exciting too, because if you work with the energy, the gatekeeper opens the door, you know, you get to go in. Oh, I love the video game uh, analogy because, you know, as, as a gamer myself, (laughs) I will, I will throw that out there. 
<laughs> that is the idea of the level, because if you're doing any type of level of gameplay, what do you got to get through? You got to get through obstacles. You got to get yep. through checkpoints. You got to get through potential enemies. You got to mm-hmm. like link up and get the right tools that are needed to, I'm thinking like action role play. Right now, yeah, but, no, for sure. Yeah. But to get to the next level, there are all these uh, hurdles you have to jump through or things that you have to discover. Um, and there is strategy that is involved yeah. within that. And so all this could come down to two is a reworking of strategy because it is error, you know, Mm -hmm. and if Mercury's retrograding within this, it's like, Oh, this doesn't work. I got to put on this new lens. I am now, you know, I, I am, I am now, uh, what was I thinking? A long range zoom. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and now everything has to readjust, right? The way I even, the way I do everything is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the strategy. Because yeah. I'm not going to see that yeah. goal realized in the form that I am yeah. playing in now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and who knew this? We now are associating Saturn with gaming. So that's a yeah, happy way to talk about Saturn. Saturn. <laughs> yeah, Saturn's really happy about that. At least Aquarius, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure it is. Um, so yeah, what, what a weekend. Um, but <laughs> so after moving on from that point, now we're cruising along in Mercury retrograde territory. We have had the last planets leave the grand trine with Saturn in the North node. We have a last quarter moon at six degrees cancer on Tuesday, the 28th, which is always interesting to have. Uh, we basically have all of our moon phases, um, yeah. of Libra under cardinal, faces. So there's something to be said about the initiatory energy, um, that, that starts or even closes down, you know, last quarters can wrap things up. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts on cancer last quarter or anything. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, last quarter, last quarter phase in general is oftentimes is a, is a, we call it a crisis in consciousness because it's sometimes the first time we get awareness about what we've actually been doing. Right. So, I mean, I think that's a, as a, big potential here. And if the, if the moon is in cancer, that could be awareness about our own habits, right? Our own, Mm. our own, um, ways that we self comfort, that we use our habits to sort of make ourselves feel safe and comfortable and to get some real awareness about whether those serve or not. I feel like that's always a big opportunity when you're working with, well, the moon at all, but especially when it's in cancer, right. In last quarter phase, and then that's Aquarian energy. Last quarter phase always has Aquarian energy, right? So there's always a, oh my gosh, that's what I've been doing. I had no idea, you know? And then you have like this short period of time and the cycle left to actually, you know, collect your thoughts and get so ready. You, yeah. And kind of integrate it to what you've yeah. learned at that point. Uh- <laughs> so you can, so you can seed it into the new, right? Phase. That's the whole point of that, right? So, so the potential is, wow, I see this. So I don't have to carry it into the next cycle. I can actually shift things. So I think that's part of what's setting us up for the, for the, you know, if you want to think about it in the context of coming before the new moon, yeah, that's an opportunity to to really best harness the new moon energy by preparing for it. Yeah, I re- I really like that a lot, especially since there's so much uh, so much energy in this new moon. And when we think of when you were saying cancer and like the habitual sense and like kind <laughs> of like getting the tension between be uh, from that period to then kind of quiet, darken, reflect, right? Because we talked about that mm-hmm. in the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer makes me think of nourishment too. So yeah. if we're at the time yeah. when basically the next day, the sun trines Saturn, uh, that's also when Venus trines Neptune, which we're mm-hmm. about to talk about mm-hmm. Venus mm-hmm. doing some things here. Yeah. Um, I, I, the question of nourishment comes up to me, which could be very mm-hmm. literal when it comes to like 
food families, you know, et cetera. Um, we might see stuff like that in the news, yeah. but I'm wondering if, you know, the hunger within, uh, yeah. you know, and the emotional self, cause it just probably was, has been through a lot. We just, yes. just we just talked about all the things that are going to be happening mm-hmm. prior to that last quarter. So, um, that might no, be something I- to consider. I think for sure it's a question of what feeds us on all levels, right? Yeah. All levels. And honestly, h- how we deal with nourishment, like with the food we eat is actually very reflective of how we are taking mm. nourishment on other levels too. So that's, it's, it's a good thing when you're working with cancer, like it has so much to do with our emotional, well, all cancers, I am one, our emotional eaters, it tends to like emotional attachment to things, but it's not just that, right? Cancer is also like a greater mystery. It's our, our, it's our connection to our roots that go beyond just our lineage. Like whether you want to call it the goddess or call it into, you know, into the mysteries. So I think that nourishment too is at a spiritual level. And especially when yes. you bring that Venus, Jupiter or Venus, yes. Neptune in there, that's really then saying, like you said, what feeds your soul. So, yes, absolutely. That makes, mm. it makes total sense to me because Really in the days, I mean, so Venus is going to do her journey from Scorpio where she's going to try Neptune on the 29th uh, and then square Jupiter uh, basically the next day on the 30th and then sextiles Pluto on Saturday the 2nd. But there's something to be said about that 29th and that 30th, especially with the moon in Cancer, because what it's going to do as she spiritualizes in many ways from Scorpio to Neptune, Cancer rolls in and creates basically a grand water water trine, uh, with Venus and Neptune. Um, and all while she is, yeah. gets detention from this Jupiterian energy, which we already know kind of, uh, has its own story with Mercury, who's now getting situated in its retrograde cycles. Um, and she is dictating, you know, all the Libra energy. So it's a fascinating converse, uh, combination and what she, after going through all that, like, all that, that air energy through the weekend, all of a sudden we're submerged within the water after that last quarter phase. And then Venus. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's, there is a soul. There is a, there's a soulful, (laughs) we are too open to the soul in some way. Um, that is necessary to our, our growth and what that, what, you know, those perception changes, that are just starting yeah. to get underway. Yeah. We may not know, like it, it may not, it may not be that we need to say exactly what that is or what that means, but <laughs> for sure, not even if, if that, as if we could, right. That's but, I, exactly, but it's, there's an open space for feeling, right. There's a space, I think for the emotional body, that's more available at that time. And with the moon too, especially the, with the moon and cancer, there's a real human element to that right? The moon and cancer, cancer is such a human sign. And, and oftentimes when in its healthiest expression, cancer is very in touch with the different phases of human life, the vulnerability that humans go through all the way from babies to elderly people. There's a, there's a, a knack for cancer to hold space for people just in their human condition. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what we need to be doing for ourselves more, because maybe that's part of this nourishment too, is like to actually make room for ourselves to cancer is like I said, it has a lot of shadow side. So, you know, it, we know it can be needy and moody, but at its healthiest, it really holds powerful space for people just to be who they are and to be where they, where they are with things. We don't do that a lot in our 
at least United States society either, you know, got to go get it, get over that problem, change your mindset, you know, do whatever it is when it comes to this energy, there's intelligence to be found hanging out with what's going on, even if the feeling's uncomfortable. So, I mean, and we know Venus and Scorpio definitely can have some deep feelings too. So you put all that stuff together and the way isn't to jump out with all the air, I guess. Maybe that's our Mm. reminder. Maybe the reminder is you can't just like jump out and pretend it's not there. You actually got to live at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I hear mm-hmm. I, when you were talking, I heard the song, the old soul song, try a little tenderness oh, in my head. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's, that's a very, a, that's a, try a little, try a little tenderness. Nice. Um, I'm not saying it right, but, uh, <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right about that air versus water. And especially when it comes to Scorpio and Aquarius too, because we know Venus is squaring that Jupiter. And yeah. a lot of times those two signs together, there's a detachment that can come from the Aquarius yeah. that doesn't allow that can bury the Scorpio stuff. Yes. And the Scorpio stuff has to come out. But I think yeah. that maybe that challenge and that acceptance that can come with the trying to Neptune and then the sextile to work with Pluto right after that, um, especially at the same time, Mercury retrograde mm-hmm. is now squaring Pluto on October 1st. Mars and Libra is opposing Chiron at the same time. So there is, mm-hmm. the, there is a... a there is a shift that is taking place that Venus first opens up to. Um, and like we said, we might not be able to put words in it. Sometimes you just feel things and there aren't words for it, but you have to feel it. So it comes up so that uh, maybe then some words or the, you know, the, the perceptive part of it can then change. Yeah. It feels too like with the, with the Mars Chiron opposition, and when we work with Chiron, we talk about wounding, wounded healer and healing and wounds. But with Chiron, it's really about releasing the old story that something's wounded, right? So yes. that's more where I feel like that's really where the energy goes. And when it's opposing Mars, there's definitely something tied into our own um, desires, like just what we want in our own life force. Even though it's in the sign Libra, let's just think about just straight Mars opposing Chiron. So this gets back to, we talked earlier about who am I, who am I in relationships? I think there's a huge identity healing for ourselves and us in our relationships mm-hmm. and cancer, by the way, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but cancer has a lot to do with for, consciously forming the self-identity. So some of this energy is really about, I don't know, it's almost like permission just to sounds very simple and pro- cliche, but really to just be yourself. I feel like sometimes mm. we have so many layers of things that have come on and things have happened in our life. It's almost in some ways getting back to something that's not so complicated, but that's not so easy because we have so much on top of that. Right. And we have so many things that have to get pulled and weeded out, but there is, I think in a very sweet way, you know, you don't, your only job is to be you. That's it. Right. And that's the best gift you give to anybody. And so any, any personal work or any work you do that helps you be more just yourself pays off in a, in a million ways. Mm. And how kismet is that for it to all happen under a Leo moon? <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. It really is. Mm. Yeah. I, I totally, I definitely yeah. jive with that. I think that, and, and that seems to be what all these Chiron oppositions are, you know, from Libra to Aries 
Cause this is, you know, Mars is, uh, the, the sun will get there, but we've already had Venus go mm-hmm. through there. We already had Mercury. That was actually the, um, new moon in Virgo that we're still under within this time period had yeah. the ruler Mercury in opposition to Chiron. So there's something to be said about this whole, yeah. uh, lunar cycle that had that ruler, um, looking at Chiron in this, uh, you know, us versus me situation and finding the balance between just being yourself and what that looks like within trying to maintain harmony. Um, because that is it back to where we talk about with balance, that is a tricky dance to do. Um, and we don't want to compromise either. uh, I mean, yeah. Pun not intended. No, no. Not we don't want to. We don't compromise either one of them. But um, yeah, but we so, can never do it as long as this. We can never do it. Like we can't. Balance is never possible if you don't have a real sense of self. So to me, if if that's so to the extent that all of us have our own space to to be more fully in ourselves, I'm saying it's it's impossible. You know, that's the thing. Libra doesn't happen without two full whole people coming together. Right. So it's not, it's not about two halves. I mean, people like to go on about that, all these movies about you complete me or whatever. I mean, that's not it at all. So that's why I think with this Chiron opposing Mars with the sun right there too, right. Maybe before you start to make a shift with how you relate with life or how you choose to partner with life or how you look at relationships, there's a little bit of healing around here's how I get more me. So I have more me to bring to that. And then there's more of a chance of that actually, you know, feeling and working good. So that's, and that never changes, right? We're a work in progress that way. I'm not, I don't mean to say that any of, I mean, we're getting there, but the more you do that for yourself, the more there is space for that, I guess, real equality or real harmony. If it's not you showing up, then what is it, right? What would, what do we call that? Exactly. And, and even talking about, as we're talking about space, because one of the things I want to bring up real quick in relation to what you're saying is what was it? I think it was, I forget the author's name right now. I'm horrible with this kind of stuff. I want to say the book is real love. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a book from a, a Buddhist angle, but what they were talking about, it was the idea of a relationship, how there's always three, three entities in relationship. Yes. There are the two individuals and there's the space between them. Mm-hmm. And if, when we are, we need to be conscious of the space between our, uh, between in our relationships, because it is, there is no, like the, the codependent aspect, or like you said, like trying, you complete me, like, no, (laughs) every person is their own entity. We're all individuals. We have the term, you know, interdependence, things along those lines. But we sometimes take for granted the quality of space Mm. that is between the relationship. So is your space filled with love? Is it space with compromise? Is it filled with authenticity of who you both are and allowing that to happen? Or is it filled with resentment? Is it filled with blame? Is it filled with things that are left unsaid that create tension and uh, just negative energy that you might not want between that? So this would be a good time to like, like you said, like get back into like, uh, like, who am I within this? Am I, uh, you know, authentic within that expression, but also how does that affect the space and how can I start to maneuver that or look at that differently or communicate in a, in a way that could be challenging. We think about mercury retrograde square Pluto, whether that's communication outside of ourselves. I'm like choking up. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm like, It's a good point to choke. Yeah. I know it's a good point to choke. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm on something here. Um, <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, how I communicate outside of myself or how I communicate inside, because when we talk about space and the space that is, you know, words that are unsaid, they're just as loud as the ones that are, because energetically that is what is going through the ether, you know, like don't think that your thoughts are quiet because energetically they're not. (laughs) Oh, what I just heard you say with that choking up of the like Pluto square Mercury is like, that's, I mean, that's taking responsibility for the message you put out. And you're right. That message is what's emanating from your body at what comes in your body language. It's what it's how you're looking at people. It's literally when I'm sitting next to someone, I can feel myself if I'm creating that uncomfortable space. And another thing I would, one more step I would take with, with the idea of there'd be three parts to a relationship. I also always think of it like the relationship itself is an entity. So So just like the space, and it maybe it's just a different way of talking about it, but Mm -hmm. the relationship itself, we don't realize it actually is something it's, it's, it's not just two things added up. It's a whole new alchemized thing. If you can actually tune into what that relationship is and what it serves and what it does, that's a whole new way to look at it too, right? Like when you and I come together to do this, it's not just Melissa plus Tara equals something, right? It literally Mm -hmm. creates a new thing. And I don't, I think most of us don't think about that as much with our relationships. We think about, oh, me and her or what we, you know what I'm saying? But that's, there's a whole space to explore around that. And the relationship actually has its own needs. And it, just like we inform the relationship, the relationship informs the individual. So Mm. it's a talk about another like way to like stretch your mind, whatever with relationships, that's a really cool way to do it. I love that the relationship does inform the, if that's not like Mercury and Libra territory yes. and retrograde, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> I, I, I really oh, like that a lot. You know, we, maybe we should have said this whole thing is about the relationship speaks. You know what I mean? Like the relationship, are you actually paying attention to your relationship? You think that you're just doing it, but it, you, you've created something with your relationships. Do you pay attention to them? Yeah. Mm. I, I probably I'm clearly I'm saying it for myself because that's how we all do things, you know. So <laughs> I I'll know. Touch them later. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I I feel like because as we're talking about all these aspects taking place, what it is is the moon is getting darker and darker, mm-hmm. getting ready for that new moon. And yeah, Mars opposes Chiron and then Mercury retrogrades and squares that Pluto mm-hmm. on you know Friday the first. But two days later on Sunday, the third, as the as it gets even darker and more reflective, we have the sun opposing Chiron and then Mercury retrograde trining Jupiter. So there's almost like this, like, aha, or like, you know, like yeah. this understanding that comes just a few days later, if we're challenged on that around that Friday um, with some uncomfortable stuff that we're looking at, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like there's a nice dose of like, oh, okay okay, I can work with this in some way or I understand it or that, or maybe the new lens begins to focus. Like you had it on manual. You couldn't quite get it to the exact yeah. year. Like, yeah. and then you're like, oh wait, this has auto focus. Like, this okay, well, let yeah. me just, yeah. <laughs> it didn't, that's right. That, and that would be perfect for Mercury and Libra. It didn't have to be that hard. Yes. All this time I thought it was so hard, right? I was doing the manual thing. There is, is actually a function on my whatever for it. That's, and it's probably true. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. I yes. And if we would plug into more of this just Neptune and Pisces energy, we're not, we we have all resources available to ourselves. Like all things are there. That was a really nice. I, le- I loved how you said it. And I think 
I hope I find some autofocus buttons in my own home as this comes up. Yeah. We just got, Hey, that's the path of least resistance, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, just turn it from manual to auto. We all have that button somewhere. It's just but, whether or not we choose that function. <laughs> yeah. And, and not just to choose it, but like, do we want to actually, this is a perfect example of how you relate with something. Do you want to actually look at what your camera has to offer? Or you just want to try to use it the way you're used to using it. It's mm. the same with everything in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't even check out the functions in ourselves and each other, probably or our relationships. We are just so pre-programmed to do it this way that think about all the, like, what's that staples easy button? How many places there's the easy button that you could just push that that was easy and do it. But we love to make it hard. It, you know, and I don't want to pull it back too far because we're about to go into the new moon, but I'm just thinking about, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about that last quarter in cancer and it being like, I've always done it this way. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's kept me safe. It's kept me alive. I'm, you know, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Cancer is so attached to the past, right? The memories of what it was. It takes a lot of energy to push it into something new. Yeah. And Ooh. so here, yeah. So here we go into the new moon that happens yeah. uh, on Wednesday. So a few days later there after that, that sun Chiron and then Mercury Jupiter, uh, we have that new moon at 13 degrees and 25 minutes of Libra Wednesday, October 6th. And it has quite an interesting signature uh, with, I mean, at that point, Venus, because, you know, we're talking about Libra new moon. So we want to know what Venus is doing, but Mm -hmm. she's kind of, she's an interesting position because she's at the last degrees of Scorpio. Not quite a 29, but the tail end of 28. And really she's not doing a whole lot other than getting ready to conjunct the South node, which is enough (laughs) to be said. Um, But there is so much potency in the sun, moon and Mars all being conjunct at 13 Mm -hmm. degrees and Mars uh, and the sun basically are going to uh, conjunct the next day on the seventh, which, you know, that is Mm -hmm. the last time Mars and the sun conjunct were in, it was in, was it August? No, it was like September of 2019 in Virgo. And I tell you, I think that a lot of this pandemic has to do with that particular conjunction because I've been tracking it. Um, But let's just say when these two come together, this is a fresh new cycle that takes a good couple years to unravel. (laughs) But that makes total sense because forget all the signs, but Mars and sun together can be fighting for your vitality, can be fighting for your life force. And that was be very reflective with, with the, with the coronavirus. Hey, you know, at that new moon also, that's going to be quincunx Uranus. And so Mm. that is like an adjustment. I mean, that is on some level, all that, because with the moon, sun, Mars all together, an adjustment is required, right? That all that stuff, whatever, however it's settled in, however it's like, I don't know, running for us. Cause it, to me, a quincunx is always things can't like, there has to be an adjustment for the things to work together. Yeah. Well, we've been, we were just talking about all this for sure. We, yeah. we were talking about our lenses needing to adjust and like all this. And so it's almost like, and that's the whole, the interesting thing about these two riding side, this by side 
for, yeah. for how much time now is that we we're slowly becoming aware of it. We were blind to it before, but now it's at a point where like, Oh shoot, I gotta, you know, and there's mm-hmm. adjustment that needs to be made. So not only is it, you know, contacting that Uranian point there, mm-hmm. but we also have Pluto stationing the same day Yes, on, yeah. you know, so Pluto is dead stopped pun not intended once again <laughs> in perfect. the, in the sign in Capricorn. Um, and we know, and you know, Mercury is square Pluto at that point. I mean, it, it had already made that conjunction or not, sorry, mm. not conjunction, that square on the first, um, which adds even more potency to the square because of Pluto slowing to station. Um, but once again, adjustment change, authenticity, yeah. integrity, a new cycle began. Like there is just so much, <laughs> so mm. much. Um, and, you know, and then Venus over there at the tail end of Scorpio, who has its own transformative qualities that look for something, you know, you know, are willing yeah. to step up and do things um, that might not be so easy, you know, and it's about to hit the South. No, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, and that means activating things from the past that we need to shift around. So I, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, if we're paying attention at all, by this point, it would be hard not to miss the signs. Yes. That, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm just... <laughs> Yes. And we had so much leading us to this point, right? You know, and once again, we're at another, I feel like we're at another invitation (laughs) and where the first invitation was sending us back into the, you know, back into the perceptive uh, process within all this. Mm. This one invites us into a, a totally new um, agenda in many ways, because Pluto is ready to move forward. Like you said, it means business too. We were mm-hmm. talking about that when, when we started the program, yep. Yep. um, and then having a whole new sun Mars cycle start within this energy, there is a very much a, a, a different changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Yes that is taking place. Um, that will feel like, I love that you said that, like, if you haven't seen the signs, like if you're not aware at this point, I mean, what, what are you awake? (laughs) You know, like, I mean, I think even if you are resisting it, I just like, it'll be obvious, you know, I mean, I think on on whatever level, even if you don't want to consciously talk about it this way, I can't imagine that there wouldn't be something happening in each person's life that this would be, even if you know nothing about astrology, right. It's going to be showing. Yeah. It's going to show. Yeah. And if you, and if you get uncomfortable enough, which is, you know, part of what some of these energies do, both Pluto and Uranus, right. They help make you uncomfortable enough so that you have enough motivation, which is a nice word to say to do it different. Well, and then to pull back to what you were saying before earlier about, um, you know, Libra essentially being extremes and, you know, because the cardinal signs, um, are pivot points. And Mm -hmm. so when we have a new moon and a cardinal sign, this is I just really love this word invitation. We have yeah. an invitation to pivot. We can go a different direction or we might have to go a different direction. Uh, or maybe we chose to go a different direction and now that different direction is here and we are in it. 
And we're feeling that change because, you know, you can, you can choose change all you want. You've been preparing for this and you've made all the big things, like maybe moving to a new house, you know, relocating, having a baby, you know, changing a new job or career trajectory. But then all of a sudden it's here and it's like, oh my God, I have to find what my personal balance or sense of self and, you know, in this all is now. And so we're back to the balancing beam because the pivot has now introduced new energy that we have to then, you know, kind of get, get our bearings on. And it means that we might, and sometimes like with Libra, sometimes it can be, feel like an all or nothing thing. Right. Or I can, Mm. especially in relationships, it can feel like either I can have a relationship, but I have to give up my own stuff or if I want to just do my own stuff, I have to give up relationships. It can have a feeling sometimes of that. So if we get sort of wonky that way, we sometimes we flip the scales. And so this energy we could, some of us experience, you know, we could go a little far in one direction, which we don't have to make it a problem, but to recognize sometimes our reaction to something that feels either new or foreign or unsettling is to all of a sudden say, now I'm going to go all the way this way. And I just think it's good to be aware of that because especially with your Uranus, Quincunx, all that energy with Libra, it could be a flipping of this, of the scale or, you know, you're on the teeter totter all of a sudden, you know, the other person jumps off and you're like, wow. And you're like, yeah. Oh, it makes me think of the trampoline when you tra- yeah. jump in with someone, then someone yeah. does a big jump, and all of a sudden you're in the air and you're like, exactly. Yeah. But the good news is, then you usually feel so good when you find your sweet spot again, you know, that there's actually a, a almost a, a new uh, or a reappreciation of coming into equilibrium. Like, equilibrium wouldn't be worth much if we didn't have experiences out of it to come yes. into it, because what would it mm-hmm. mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and it's okay. So it's interesting to say that after that, you know, very potent new moon uh, that has all types of pivots and beginnings and like just a lot of percolating energy there, Venus ingresses into Sagittarius, which Mm -hmm. is going to be a big factor on Libra season, obviously, because now she, you know, she's the one helping this whole Libra thing along. And now she's moving into Sagittarius. Um, the same day that the sun and Mars conjunct in their new cycle. And then she conjuncts the South node on the ninth. Um, and you know, and there's something to be said about obviously the mundane reality and what's going on in the world and Libra being things such as, you know, justice and, and, you know, court decisions, things along those lines. And all of a sudden we have Venus on the South node in Sagittarius, which can bring a lot to mind. (laughs) Oh, what, uh, you know, when I think about just the world and its situation, um, and there being legal things, a lot of legal things brewing that affect, uh, movement and law and, you know, things and contracts, right? Like I think about that as being contracts and not just written ones, all contracts, right? So that's an interesting piece too. I don't know how, what do you think when I think about the movie Venus moving from Scorpio to Sagittarius, you know, there's like with Scorpio, there's a tendency sometimes, you know, to sit in and brew, you know, or to kind of, you know, and Sagittarius just isn't going to sit still anymore. Mm-mm. So I feel, I feel like this really adds to the, if we were too stuck in something, this is, it's kind of like an eject button in some ways. <laughs> I think, well, it just feels that way. Right. I just think Sag is just not going to stick around. And I was thinking about with relationships too, like, and not that any of this is better, or worse, um, but Scorpio sometimes will stay, you know, it stays with the trauma, stays with the drama. 
it stays with things sometimes, even if it doesn't like really want it on some level. And Sagittarius is much more likely to own like Sagittarius. We talk about, Oh, it's flighty, but if it wants something, it will stay. The, the, the difference oftentimes is Sagittarius really has to want it, right? It has to really be worth it. And so one of the positive things of this, I think is really kind of testing out or figuring out if you are staying with something, do you really want it? Because this will make it easier to move. Yes. It'll make it easier to not just stay because there's, you know, for example, huge emotional tethers and cords that, you know, go on for, you know, this lifetime and lifetimes before that. And I don't necessarily mean leaving a relationship, although sometimes that happens. I just mean transforming, changing it. Right. Yeah. So, so I always want to be clear like this. Oftentimes we don't have to leave something, but when we are working with this type of energy, some, something needs to shift. And we've been talking about that for a while. For the here, whole thing. I know yeah. that seems to be the theme uh, yeah. of what's going on here, because that's yeah. what happens when a planet uh, hits the South node by mm-hmm. transit, or, you know, if the South node is happens to be transiting over your uh, planet in yeah. your natal chart, there is a draining yep. that goes on oh, there yeah. where it's just like, Oh, this is so much. It's like so much to hold it all up. I like to look at it as the opportunity for the celestial Drano. What do you want yeah. to flush <laughs> down? What do you want? You yeah. know, like what clog do you need to clear? Because yeah. this is your opportunity to do that. And there's <laughs> something to be said about her being now under Jupiter's uh, watch versus Mars before where they were in this yeah. like aversion, mutual reception going on where, um, yeah. if anything, I, it, it kind of feels like if you were to release something, um, and like, like you said, it might not like totally be like a yeah. destruction of like, the, yeah. if anything, it's like just something needs to go and shift and there just needs mm-hmm. to be, uh, maybe the air cleared or yeah. a little more freedom that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. to move within it, that it actually opens up all these new doors. Um, especially since Mercury that is still processing because at the same time that yeah. the same day that Venus conjuncts the South node is the Mercury sun Kazemi. Um, so there's something to be said about how Mercury and the sun come together to give us that their own seating and awareness, uh, on Venus's territory. And she's on the South node, like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta release here. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a fascinating mutual lineup of, of energy there that does seem to point towards that, that Jupiter component who's Mm -hmm. getting slower and slower Mm -hmm. to then station direct itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I know it's so it's like, that's going to be, let's just caveat crazy weekend on uh, (laughs) the eighth, the ninth, the 10th, like there, cause you know, not only is that sun, Mercury Kazemi, you know, which is always a big deal with the Mercury retrograde turning point, but it's on Mars. I mean, Mercury's conjunct Mars as well. Um, So there's just a a plethora of energy that it feels like it can really come on strong at that point. And there could be an overwhelming nature to the Venusian component that is now it's Sagittarius that like needs a little needs to run wild a little bit or like, <laughs> yeah. And another possibility with those combined energies, especially with Mercury retrograde and then, you know, basically into the sun. And then we, we think with the ruler being conjunct, the South node, there could be moments where you tap into past life memories that, I mean, like unexpectedly, you might literally find yourself having 
and it may, they're not always conscious, right? But there could be a dragging into the past or the past moving into the present, right? Or those pieces in there um, on a positive, really, I think opportunity side for that is you could maybe really realize and see the truth of something like there, there could be, there could be big mental insights at this time, mm, but they it, might be unsettling, I yes. guess, you know? Well, and to add to what you're saying and even bringing kind of the past, the past life connection that could come up within it, within the South node is the day after on the 10th, Saturn stations direct. Yeah. So there, there's just so much karma everywhere, karma everywhere, (laughs) karma everywhere you turn Um, (laughs) and karma's just cause and effect. So it's not, it's, it's like, there's a lot of it that especially with Saturn, some of it is, you know, reaping rewards for past things. So when we say it, it doesn't just mean it's going to be scary karma. Exactly. But but there will be, I think, a point of having to take responsibility for things that have happened before. Yeah. And then we have a new choice of how to work with them now. That's cleansing. If you want it, you know, that's, I I don't know about, I don't know about you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, okay. I love (laughs) that you bring that up because, well, first I was thinking about with Libra and tarot, the justice card, which is the idea of cause and effect. But before I, but before I got on here with you, I just drew a couple, uh, quick, like symbol cards from Marcella Kroll's deck. And she does like a, she does like a, a spread of, um, what are we being met with? What are we letting go of? What are we calling in? And where's the energy leading? And then I always like to look at the bottom of the deck as an an umbrella. And so what I picked for Libra season was we're being met with lucky, which I thought was interesting. Like the idea of the horseshoe, um, you know, there, there could be a lot. And I love how you pointed out earlier. Sometimes we're met with things that are actually, difficult to get through, but it's a lucky component because had we not been met with that, we don't, you know, uh, what we let go of is earth. So it makes me think of like what weighs us down, you know, the, uh, the job components, money components, the society's framework, structural components, even health struggles, people that have struggles with their bodies. Like that's a big part of that too. Absolutely. Um, and and it's news. interesting to think about too, with the Uranian component and with the in Taurus and, and Pluto stationing as yeah. well. Um, what are we uh, calling in with spiritual cleansing? So when you said yeah, cleansing, nice. I was nice. like, okay, well, this is adding up to it. Uh, and then where's it all leading was relief which I thought was very interesting. And I started thinking about relief too, just monetarily as well with, uh, you know, if we go into another, uh, because it's quite possible that these, uh, I'm pretty sure these coming months, we're going to see the last, or not the last, but uh, maybe the the last big surge of Mm. what, you know, that just because of the way the planets are. But the relief could be all it could be relief inside from the cleansing. It could be relief yeah. outside where there's uh, certain decisions that are made to help yeah. again, because, you know, a lot of funding has been taken away, et cetera. But the umbrella card within all this huh. was the car- karmic path. Oh, nice. <laughs> so everything that you were saying, I was like, oh, I, ha- <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about these cards at all. Oh, I'm but- so glad you did. I love, I work with cards equally to astrology. So I'm very happy that you're bringing it in. Yeah. It was just everything you were saying. I was like, oh, I got to share. Oh. Um, it seems very right. 
So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a crazy weekend where karma everywhere, karma everywhere from, (laughs) from the seventh to the 10th, basically, uh, give or take. Uh, and then speaking of, we continue on with Saturn to have first quarter at 20 degrees of Capricorn, which is not too far off from old Pluto there on Wednesday, the 12th. So we're pushing forward in this cardinal earth sign. So it seems very, it's like, to me, that feels like buildings are being, constructed, you know, literally figuratively. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, eh, now I think I'm letting go of earth. Um, but but maybe, but it doesn't, I don't think it, I I always think like, so sometimes letting go is letting into things too. I think they come at the same time. Right. So as we let go of something that has to do with earth, that also lets us into a new area of earth. So it doesn't mean that we're not like that. We're like not doing the earth thing. That's because I think we are right. There's, yeah. I mean, there's no way we're not like, oh, we, we have no choice, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, <laughs> but on the same, uh, in the same, I don't know what I'm, word I'm, it's getting late here. So if my words are yes. getting a little crazy, that's why. Um, but <laughs> It, you know, it's, it's cardinal earth. We get to start something new and we keep coming to this kind of pivot point and like and having new perception and our yes. lens is looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. And so this is a pushing off point that is, is fresh. It's fresher. Yeah. It's not old earth. It's fresher. <laughs> well, and yeah. And to think about just like what you just said, literally would be Saturn and Aquarius. Like the combination of those energies would be that fresh earth. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, breaking mm-hmm. ground, let's uh, say, let's That's say breaking nice. ground here. Um, and it's nice too, because that the day after Venus, uh, now in Sagittarius makes a sextile to Saturn, you know, who is now direct. So there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, Venus and Saturn are kind of working together where there was, you know, mm. there was some tension just, uh, a month prior with the square to Saturn. Um, and so there's a little more, you know, think about the social element, the relating elements. Now, maybe there's maybe after she's gone through all those things, she did her South node and now she's like, okay, well, this is what I'm committing to. This is what I'm open to. This is how we're (laughs) reestablishing now that we have these new understandings. (laughs) Um, and we can see, you know, it's, there's an, there's an opportunity for those two to come together there. Well, and she does just doing all this just before, you know, Jupiter, which is what yes. ru- the ruler goes direct. So I think what I'm hearing is like plans are moving forward, right? Yes. That's the, for sure that plans are going forward. And what's, and also, you know, the, with, with the luck card you talked about, I mean, Sagittarius and Jupiter in general are archetypes, right? I mean, Jupiter is the card is cor- corresponds to the wheel of fortune card in the tarot. So mm-hmm when that's a key part here, I feel like part of it is being willing to be open to opportunity because it's there, but you have to be open to it. That's the whole key. That's the key (laughs) the wheel of fortune. That's the key with everything with Jupiter. Right. I mean, people say that that energy is lucky or a benefic. I don't particularly work with energies that way in astrology, but to me, Okay, so so what if the bag of money is sitting on your porch? If you don't open the door ever, it doesn't matter that it's sitting there. Yes. <laughs> and people, Sagittarian people tend to be lucky because they put themselves out there and they're open for opportunities and then lucky things happen. It's not, mm. it's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, they're not really more lucky. They're just out there where luck is happening. Luck, right? You know, they, you know, 
using the word very loosely. Well, and it makes me think as you're saying that, because basically the whole trajectory that goes down in between that time is, uh, you know, like Venus talks to Saturn and mm-hmm. then we have the sun station uh, or trying the stationing direct Jupiter, which we're talking about right now. Yep. It's squaring Pluto. So it, it is testing us with some, yes. you know, the, the changing dynamic here. Um, Venus is sextiling Mercury retrograde. So there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of social action going on. <laughs> talks. Yeah. Mercury is about to station direct, uh, the day after Jupiter on the 18th. Oh. So 17th and 18th, these are station days, but it's all leading us to a full moon in Aries on Wednesday, the October 20th. And so when you were talking about, well, you know, the Sagittarius energy and like, it's just luck, but no, it's because they, to me, there's a risk there. There's a willingness to be bold. And this is very Aries too, as we're leading to an Aries full moon is it's like, okay, well, are you going to, you know, if you want to instigate change, if you want a fresh new, you know, it, existence or, or that individual, a fresh new you within relation. Cause that's how we started this conversation. Yes. You got to take risks. You got to be bold. You got to get out of your comfort zone. That's where the oh. luck is, is found. Yep. Like no good gambler makes money by not putting their chips on the table. You know? yep. <laughs> yep. And nobody goes on a journey. If they don't ever leave, it doesn't have to be a physical journey. If you stay where you've always been, you don't go. Yeah right? This is, that's just it. And, and when that full moon in Aries comes, that's an Aries always about a brand new evolutionary cycle starting. Right. So all this stuff leads up to that. And then, you know, there's this huge, and there's nothing more power, powerful than Aries to actually initiate something new. I mean, that, that extreme amount of life force, think about when a baby gets born or whatever. I mean, it is like, but imagine that in our, yeah, imagine that in ourselves, right. That's, how much energy energy there is to like get that thing going. Yeah. And, and I think those Pluto aspects, I mean, we, we need that because if Pluto yes. didn't keep checking us, <laughs> we need, we need to be in check. Yeah. Yes. Cause that's how you, that's how you stay in integrity right, with, yeah. with yourself and the rest of the world. Um, yeah. and that's the beauty of this, the full moon that we're leading up to, because Jupiter's, you know, now we have all these planets moving forward. Mercury emerges, <laughs> Jupiter emerges all, you know, Saturn has Pluto has life is moving forward. And we have the, the bang of the full moon in Aries that has Mars, uh, granted Mars, we know has its, its thing with, uh, Libra there, but it's in a trine to Jupiter and a square to Pluto. So there is, it's, there's a volatility to this full moon and that can be absolutely challenging. But also when we're talking about breaking ground or, you know, sometimes we have to literally kind of like explode things in order for the new to be then built upon that which would be Mars and the tower card. Now, since we've been talking know, about, right. Since we were going into, to I mean, it's land. so it's, it's exactly what that is. Um, also on some level, and I don't mean fight against something, but sometimes we do, we have to employ some of our inner warrior. We have to fight a little bit to help ourselves go forward. And that may just be what we need. Like that's, you know, that energy, clearly whatever's coming we wouldn't have done it without enough. I don't know. Like we needed a lot 
I, I look at it this way. We had to get cornered enough to do something different. Right. And so I still, and, and so, and this is part of the experiences we're having just in general in our lives and things we're going through and then personally on top of it. But I think this is part of the, um, think about the glyph Mars, right? It gets you out, right? The, the arrow coming out of the circle literally is how you like individuate yourself out of something. I think in some ways that's what this is. And for oftentimes it just takes a big effort, like you were saying, and it takes, you got to fight for it. You got to want it. Yeah. So if that stirs up, even if it stirs up anger, for example, I mean, anger in itself is not a negative thing. What we do with anger is something else, but anger actually opens up a wealth of vitality in us. And if you're willing to feel your anger, not react against it and harm people, but if you're really ready to sit in it, if you can sit in that anger, you have so much energy. Like it is unbelievable how much energy comes in there. Now I hear I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. (laughs) But if you're tired and can't get through your chores and someone makes you mad, it's a whole different approach. Yeah. Right. Suddenly you find that reserve of energy. So it may just be that that's, you know, we need some extra gas in the tank. And if it comes through some more volatile experiences or emotional things or it's full moon. Right. So, you know, it's going to be a little more emotional and dramatic anyway. That's right. And, uh, and it's, I mean, that's going to be happening on our own personal lives and in yeah. on the collective, because when I look at the signature and I see, you know, that all that energy going to Pluto and Jupiter just stationing direct. And like, you know, if there are things that come out within the the government and decisions <laughs> that affect the collective, he, the, the energy to protest or stand up yeah, for what is right is huge. So there is a big chance that, uh, you know, cause this is the last, these are the last aspects of Libra season before mm-hmm. we go into Scorpio and Scorpio is quite a season because of <laughs> all the, uh, you know, planets going to aspect that Saturn Uranus square. This right. is the next leg of that the story of 2021. So there's something to be said about this full moon being very much a lead up um, that is highly energized for something like that to come around. So just be aware. Um, And and then your position within it, because right at the end of the day, we're talking about this Aries full moon and the the individual position within uh, the, uh, within it all. Because, well, yeah. And then, and to think what's underneath, right? If we're getting angry, we're getting triggered. If upsetting things are happening to try to like feel in beneath of like, what's actually underneath that, because that's really where we can learn so much. Like I'm saying from those types of emotions and experiences, they're trying to inform us. So if we can pay attention to them, and I think that's part of what this is opposition is about getting awareness, right? So sometimes that awareness comes through that tension or that conflict but it's something we need to see. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, some of those things may not be our favorite things to see, but it's information we need. And so if we can, how we receive it is totally up to us. You know, we can receive it as an attack or we can receive it of a, whoa, massive anger. What does that mean? What's going, you know, we can actually be curious about it instead of just reactionary to it. Yeah. And it brings me back to our original talk of uh, like the, how we started the whole thing off, just talking about Libra and us yeah. learning to yes. relate to life and right? listen to. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, there you have it, folks. That's, that's Libra season for you. There's a lot, a lot going on. Now I always ask this and it's a hard one to do, but if you had, if you had oh. one word or a very short combination of words 
to describe Libra season 2021, what would you say? One word. <laughs> Adapt. Mm. I, could, I could see that. <laughs> that makes me think of the Venus South Node conduction. <laughs> the the adaptation oh what's yours mine would be mine would be i don't know why that's a weird one Uh, just the word that popped in my head was defend (laughs) maybe mars is talking already i don't even know i don't have anything behind that that was just the word that popped in my my brain because Um, that's because i think that's how we're going to feel yeah yeah and maybe the question is defend, but dive into that di- di- differently. What am, what am I defending? How am I defending? Why am I defending? And Should I some, defend? <laughs> and maybe there, actually, when you say it, because it resonates with me on some level. So I feel like there's something we do need to defend. I don't, I don't mean like, oh, you know, it's our money or our house. I think there's something in all of this that maybe needs our protection, needs us to defend it. And that feels true to me. I don't know if I could say what it is exactly. Yeah, me either. But, but I mean, it could be, and it, I think it maybe stems from the, the some sort of justice component yeah. within the Libra, you know, and maybe because we were just talking about the Aries full moon, but I guess that's my word because no, that's what, it's, that's what it, popped in my head. Yeah, and I'm all about the spontaneous things, but you know, John Lennon would always talk about how it's better to know what you're for than what you're against. So yes. if you know what, if you know what you stand for and, and to defend that, not, not against, but to defend what you're for, that's when you said that, that's how it feels to me. Mm. And we may be, we may need to do that for ourselves and for each other. We may not even know when it is till the moment comes, but like I said, it resonates with me. So that's, I felt it in my gut. So <laughs> I'm like, gut. yeah. I was like, it came in my head. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you, you're like, well, you said it in your head and it went straight to my gut. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, that is Libra season. So Tara, where can people find you? What did you got going on? Uh, give us the dish. I mean, I have lots of things going on. My website is TaraAll.com. T-A-R-A-A-A-L.com. That's a million A's. Um, but you can find most things about me there. And I, um, one of my, what I'm most passionate about, I mean, I already mentioned the book and that's on my website, but it's called astrology by moonlight, but I'm really passionate about a thing called planet living planets first. And it's where you pick a planet and you spend a period of time, just choosing that as your lens or filter that you live through. You can learn more about that on my site, but, um, it's really, it's just changed my life. Like right now I'm living Neptune first and Every year I choose a new planet and every year I have this, not just new experiences of astrology, but of myself in ways that have been phenomenal. So that's kind of my passion. I call it my astrology is a living meditation is kind of what I call it, but I like the more, you know, how can we do it and live it instead of just talk about it? So yeah, the embodiment for a period of time. I love that. I'm Mm -hmm. going to peep that out. All right. Well, you know, (laughs) so I always do a blog post for each guest. So if you need to find Tara, I will definitely share her information and her links there over energeticprinciples.com. You can find me at energetic principles on social media, all the social medias. What's your handle on uh, the social medias? Uh, It's my name. Most of all, it's at, I'm usually at Tara all. Well, that's nice. Hey, 
yeah. straight to the point. I don't have any simple. fancy names. Like it's you just don't me need a fancy name. Why <laughs> me under you, my name? You just you can be you just be you. Um, yes. So I'll definitely share that over at my website. Uh, what I have, what I have a few things to say. What do I have to say? Oh. Number one, I started a. I finally doing a newsletter. I'm doing an uh, email newsletter these days. It's called the Heavenly Wind, mm-hmm. um, and so that comes out at the beginning of each month. So if you're interested in signing up for that, you can sign up for the newsletter on my website, or I'll put a link to that in the description of this podcast as well. And so the next one will go out. October 1st. Um, and two engagements, I will be doing an Equinox live on Instagram with Gray Crawford on the Equinox on the 22nd, uh, Wednesday at noon Pacific. If you're able to join us live, you can ask questions, banter with us. We'll be uh, dissecting the Libra ingress chart and then giving a three month uh, look ahead for the fall season of what to encounter with Libra, Scorpio, and Sag. Um, and if you can't make it, you can watch after the fact it'll be up there. Uh, and then lastly, I will be doing a YouTube live with Spencer Michaud on October 1st for the Libra new moon. So I guess I'm talking about it some more. <laughs> uh, if you didn't hear enough there, uh, but if you want to come check out Spencer and I, cause we always have another, another pair of cancers. I love talking to cancers. Uh, another pair of cancers talking on October 1st at 11 AM Pacific time. So check that out. Uh, what else, you know, if you enjoyed this forecast, uh, share it with a friend, spread the word. Cause it helps myself and Tara be seen further, um, and leave a review where you listen to this because that helps as well. Um, I think that is it for now, but I really want to thank you from the bottom of my Cancerian heart for joining me, Tara, because it was such a pleasure to wrap with you about Libra season. And I feel like I feel like I got a lot out of it by bantering back and forth with you. I feel the same way. So right back to you from the bottom of my cancer heart. And it was fun to do an archetype as we actually were living the Libra archetype doing it. So I appreciate that. And it was awesome. Awesome being on your show. I love it. Well, you're welcome back anytime. We'll definitely have you back. Um, So, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to us. We wish you the best during Libra season. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.